When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Husker fans, welcome to episode 182 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we speak with Husker long snapper Chase Erbach. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website, cnbuffalo.com. Justin, today's episode is an accidental dream come true, is it not? <laughs> Man, yeah, it, it truly is. Two or three years in the making. Yeah. Now, so, hashtag Chase Urbach fan club, here we go. <laughs> oh, this is so cool that we get to talk with, with Chase after um, kind of stumbling onto his career as a long snapper a couple of years ago. Um I know in our interview, both you and I talk about how um, this whole experience has led us to appreciate his position and, and the skill required to pull it off. Yeah, and uh, and the the years that he's put into refining uh, this uh, precision uh, action from a football field, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing. So yeah, this I mean we're we're just thrilled, and this is something that uh, we've talked about for a while. And you, you know, we don't I don't think it's really possible for us to talk to active players. But uh, since Chase graduated in December, he was available now. And uh, special thanks to Chase's dad for helping us connect with him. And uh, yeah, it was a great conversation. So here it is. This is a really exciting day for those of you who've listened to the podcast for, gosh, two plus years now. You, you'll know that we are the official Chase Urbach fan, or maybe the unofficial Chase Urbach <laughs> fan club. And we are just thrilled today to have Chase with us on the show. Chase, welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me on here. Yeah, you bet. Um, Mike and I were, were talking earlier today, and like a big reason behind the Chase Urbach fan club is just your family has been really yeah. great about interacting with us. And we were just curious, like how much that's been on your radar. Um, I mean, so I've always known that my dad, uh, he, he was a big fan of your guys' podcast. So once you guys made that poll, what, like two, three years ago? Yeah. That, that was always on there because the um, notifications always pop up on my phone that uh, – Oh yeah, there was a there was a tweet that was made about you, and I saw that was a poll, and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then once 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 my dad he uh, tweeted it out, and then it kind of caught wind from there, and everyone just started to vote on me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was so that was it was a different era for sure because that was you know the last it was the the last season of Riley. Yeah, it was like a week or two before I Course was fired. Yeah, and we. 
we're super confident that we were going to blow. It was the Northern Illinois game. We were super confident we were going to blow them out. So we <laughs> said, what backups do you guys want to see? And I, we tried to pull someone from offense, defense, and special teams. Mm-hmm. And you were the name that we picked for special teams. And yeah, yeah. You, your family saw it and it took off. And then uh, we didn't win the game. And uh, I don't believe you saw the field mm. and we got a ton of crap from a bunch of Northern Illinois fans like, Hey, did chase play? Mm. Um, and so, um, so it was kind of an infamous moment for us. But then when your family started interacting with us, it, we started paying attention to the long snapper position mm. in a way that we never really had. Um, so have really enjoyed watching you play. And I don't know if you've noticed, but pretty much anytime you run into the South end zone, you might've heard like someone scream, like go chase. Or you... <laughs> if you... Did, did you ever hear that? Cause that was me. Um, no, I can't say it have. Oh it's, man. It, it's it's kind of hard to hear in there sometimes. I know. That's funny. So, so I guess that means that refs can't really hear us yell at them either, but cause I'm on like row 12 right behind the, on the East hash mark. I really hope that sometimes on those like quiet punts where it just like bounces through the end zone and you're the first person that might hear me, but (laughs) (laughs) just know that I was cheering for you by name. He's wearing a helmet, dude. (laughs) And you're very focused. So, well, um, so uh, we, we got a bunch of questions for you and are really excited to talk. And um, I guess just, I was, we were curious if you could take us back and like, how, how did you become a Husker? What, how did you, how did you make that choice? And what was that like? So, Going way back to my recruiting pro- uh, process, I would say that I committed here kind of late. So I committed here in March and um, I was getting calls from like Indiana State. I got a call from Hawaii. So like real like random widespread range of schools that I got called uh, to get like preferred uh, walk on offers from. And Nebraska called me late at night. I think it was Coach Reed at the time was especially teams coordinator here and um he called me i was like hey chase like we'd love to have you come down here for a like to like check everything out like we want to offer you a a walk-on spot here and i was like great um so i walked downstairs and i tell my dad and my dad's like oh crap like yeah like we got to go down there so the call happened on a friday i was here on a sunday and i was here for i was here in lincoln uh, Monday, Tuesday, and then at a spring practice, I told Riley I was going to come here. So wow. it, yeah, so it happened real quick. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So is that uh, what year is that uh, going back? Is that like 2015? 14? Yeah, that was that was March of 2015. March of 2015. Was that Riley's first season? Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Man, that seems like ancient history. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Once upon a time. Cool. Yeah. It was. It was way back there. How, how did you, uh, how did you, so the, they were recruiting you just to be a long snapper, correct? Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. How, how did you decide to, how did you become a great long snapper? Like, how does that happen? So like when we first started it's like kicking football, it was like, I don't know, probably around like middle school. So I would say like sixth grade and my team just had like everyone try out for the long snapping spot and I was the best one on the team. So like ever since sixth grade, I just kind of like went with it. And then um, Ruby long snapping camps was what I went to in like eighth grade. And like, that's like where you go and you like learn the proper form for everything and all that other stuff. And um, 
the way that I found out about those was, is my uncle who's in LA, he was at like a cocktail party and um, he was talking to someone there and like his son or her son just got a um, scholarship offered to, I think it was NC state. And he was like, Oh, that's weird. Like my, uh, like my nephew, he, uh, is a long snapper. So that'd be like interesting to see if I can get him to go to one of those camps. So he told my dad that, and then that's how I got like my, uh, form right. And I actually got like my skills, um, better throughout the years and everything. So like, I just did those camps through high school and, um, uh, the main guy that runs those camps, he has a bunch of connections to like college coaches and that's how I got the whole entire um like college thing going so so you've been honing your craft for a long time yeah I would I would say since I was like 13 maybe 14 yeah that's awesome because you always hear about you know they they always talk about quarterbacks going to some camp in the off season or Mm -hmm. kickers having camps but I imagine there's probably something like that for every position because at at a certain point it does become a highly skilled position it isn't just you know bend over yeah. and pray <laughs> you know yeah, no. it's like you you got to be perfect every single time you don't want people to know who you are because the only way that people know who you are is if you screw up the snap somehow <laughs> sure or yeah. if or if someone makes a fan poll and yeah exactly <laughs> that's the other way yeah. What what um what do you wish that what do college football fans need to know about long snappers that they don't know or don't realize? Um I mean, like I said, like if you know who your long snapper is, he's obviously not getting the job done. <laughs> okay. Um, but um no, no, it's um one thing that like everyone should know is it's like honestly sarcastic is their people too and like most people don't really know who their long snapper is so i don't know it's just one of those things that like people don't really think about honestly well and again that's been part of the fun uh for us of following your career is it's it's a position that we we haven't followed you know Mm -hmm. i say we meaning mike and me but also just you know football fans don't don't monitor it can you Mm -hmm. Can you walk us through maybe some like ups and downs of your of your career at Nebraska? Um well, I mean the whole entire first 3 years I just had to like grind it out. Um like I and you was redshirted, I was, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. So my first year I was a redshirt, yeah. But my my redshirt experience was kind of um different than most because I would like travel to every away game and like most redshirts don't do that. So I was who were, the. Who were you behind at that point? Uh, Jordan Ober and I came in at the same time. Okay. So uh, he was the guy that started my first year, and um, yeah, and then he graduated in two thousand eighteen, and then um, yeah, I mean, like I would say like, the biggest down would be probably when Sam Fultz passed away. Oh yeah. Cause, yeah, because oh, yeah. he was he was um like a huge mentor of mine. He taught me a lot. So that was just like super tough on me. And, um, the, it was, it's, it's kind of weird getting like a coaching change too. Cause you gotta like 
prove everything to a whole group of guys yeah. and all that other stuff. It's almost yeah. like you're trying out a second time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I would say the biggest up is finally being able to play for the first time in Ann Arbor, which is kind of cool. So, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and you uh, long snapped a lot in that game, I think. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was my first game, and I snapped like nine times or something like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, man, I, I I guess I hadn't planned on talking about it, but um, since you you mentioned it, can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Sam? I mean, he was like. He was probably one of the best guys that I ever met my whole entire life. Um, like we would just like be guys and go hang out and uh, do a bunch of stuff at his uh, his apartment. And like I said, like I, he was he was my age or around my age when I met him. So when I met him, I was like nineteen. Uh, so like he would just teach me a whole lot, and like I took everything he said and try to be like Sam because you want to be like a guy like that when you're like 19 and trying to get into college and play ball and all that other stuff. So, um, yeah, like he, like, like I said, like he was just a good guy and he taught me a lot. So when, when he finally passed away, like that was just really, really tough. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that was super hard for, as you, you saw for the fan base, but I, you know, I can't imagine actually having him as a, as a close friend. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose that, um, long snappers have a really close relationship with the guys they're snapping to. So that's him. And then the, and then your, your holders, right? Yeah. So when, when I started to play, I had, um, Caleb first who, who was a good guy. And then he had a transfer out and then me and Isaac are very close friends. And we've, we've, we've been friends ever since he got on the team in the spring of 2016, I think. Um, but yeah, like we're we were close, so that was just like an easy like chemistry thing. Once he started to punt, and then I had I had to snap field goals dead this year. Um, like it just it was like an easy chemistry thing. We always knew that we would get the job done going out there, so that was just a good thing. That's awesome. Yeah, you imagine yeah. that that's got to make things a lot easier to have a good relationship with this person where. Mm-hmm like you said, people are only going to notice when you screwed up. <laughs> so like, yeah, so exactly. for him having complete faith in you to do your job and, and vice versa, I, I think that that's, it's probably to your advantage that you guys are close. So <laughs> yeah. it what's, was, yeah. What's different about long snapping to a punter than a holder? Um, so obviously like the length you got to do it, like changes, like I would say field goals is more of like a finesse thing. Um, because you got to hit the same spot every time and like the lace has to be out. It can't be facing backwards. Um, and all that. So you got to like talk to the guy that holds to be like, okay, like he needs, like he gets the, the lace of the ball facing toward him at seven and a quarter yards. So I got to be in like in this spot on like this, uh, edge of the field, or it's like, like, I got to know that if, uh, Barrett's back there, then he's gonna be kicking with his right foot. So then. I just gonna like scoot in some, so just like just like there's like a science to it almost. And last year when we had what like six kids kick, so yeah, yeah, there would be some games when Noah was in there. So then I gotta get close to him to make sure like he knows like okay like Chase's ball gets on here, but then it's different because Isaac kicked with his opposite foot than I was used to, so I gotta get used to the holder being on the opposite side. 
So wow. like, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So like, field goals are just like different. And then um, with punts, it's kind of just like you need to make sure that the ball's at like the hip every time, and the hip changes uh, on what hash that we're on. So if we're on the right hash, we obviously want it on the right hip to make sure that, that uh, Isaac can kick it effectively to the right side of the field. And then like, it's the same for the opposite side. And then if we're doing like a pooch punt, I knew that like Isaac wanted the ball up more so he could catch it like this and then just bring the, like the nose of the ball down. Cause he had to like uh, kick the ball a different way. So it spun weird. So we could like get like a bounce to it. So it's just a whole science to everything. <laughs> So, man, especially with all the different kickers we had this season, you had to, every time you go on the field, you have to like stop and think, okay, who, not only what play am I snapping for, but who am I snapping for? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I didn't like, there'd be some games where we didn't know who was kicking until like we got on the bus to leave the hotel to go to the field. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like we, we got told by frost sometimes we're walking in the locker room who is going to be kicking so all of us just had to be prepared like okay um we don't know who's gonna kick this week so we all had to take reps and figure it out along the way (laughs) yeah so with with all the instability in the kicking game this year i mean Mm -hmm. at least you were there i mean you were you were the stability pretty much yeah 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 i mean it was me and Isaac were the constants the whole entire year. And then depending on who they wanted to kick the ball through the, through the uprights, (laughs) that was always changing. Something Justin has brought up a few times is that uh, running downfield after uh, snapping the ball on a punt is especially important too. So I imagine you, you probably had to, you know, long snappers have to stay healthy and they got to be able to run fast too. Right. Yeah, that was, that was, part of the main reason why I got to play in 2018 um, was because I was fast and um, yeah, I mean, I, I took pride in it and I, I, I knew I was like, I'm probably not gonna make the tackle because this guy across me is like a far better athlete than I am. So any, anything that I can do just to like disrupt his path to make mm-hmm. sure that a mm. better, a better, athlete can make the tackles like any sidestep I can have or any like hesitation to him that I can make him have I don't care if I look dumb in the process or I make the tackle like as long as he stops somewhat that I know I got the job done so that's awesome it's interesting to me because that's something I observe pretty often is it's usually the first guy there misses (laughs) (laughs) and would you say it's accurate that most of the time that's the punter that's missing (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, so, like, it just depends on, like, what... Or the, not the punter, the long snapper, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just depends on, like, what um, formation the punt team is in. Hmm. So, if it's in, like, a spread, then, like, you don't have to block as much. It just depends on, like, what formations across from you. But, like, my rules are always, like, if there's not five guys to one side then you can just run downfield right right away so it's not the ball and just run. Mm-hmm. But if there were five guys to his side, then I have to, like, block a guy until the ball is kicked and then run. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it just all depends uh, on who the first guy da- down there is. But when I was the first guy down there, it was incredibly hard to make a tackle just because those guys who turn the ball are just superior athletes compared to me. <laughs> uh, 
did you down many punts then since you're the first one down um i mean i i've done qu- quite a few honestly i mean i don't know the well, exact I feel, yeah I, I feel like that you were frequently doing that that's got to be kind of a cool unique experience to be the first guy and the last guy to touch a ball on a play like that yeah it's i, I hadn't really thought about it like that but yeah that is kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> I, we uh, when we watched the uh, virtual spring game, I don't know if you watched it, but yeah. the the punters had no backspin on their punts, mm-hmm. and Sam Foltz was one of the punters, and every single punt just went into the end zone. And I was thinking, yeah. man, like if this was Foltzy or like any like real punter, they would have dropped these on the one, and then someone like you would have been there to snag it. Yeah. How much do you practice that? Um, you know, it it changed with the coaching staff. So with with Riley's staff, we did it a lot more than with Frost. Hmm. Yeah. And it's just, they would just use, like, the guy on the wings. And, like, those drills that they had, they never really used, like, the long snapper uh, when we did it. So we were always just taught when we stopped doing it with uh, Coach DeWitt that just, like, get the ball and just toss it to the ref. So like by, by, by any means, just go get the ball. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, um, is it PAT and field goal? Are they, are they allowed to touch you? Um, it depends. It's a real gray area. I know. Yeah. I don't understand that rule. Yeah. Um, this year I got into a few arguments with refs about it. I know. Um, because, so explain to explain the rule to us like we're idiots because we kind of okay. So basically, <laughs> like my head is looking back at the person that's trying to hold the ball, and whenever they give me the okay to snap the ball, I can pick up my so I snap the ball and I pick up my head, and then once I pick up my head, then I can get hit. So my rule was basically like pick up your head, but like slowly, mm-hmm. pick up your head, so we could try to get like that penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like last year I got hit a lot on field goals and it was just because, and like the gray area held because if they bounce off the guard into me, then it doesn't count. But if they like line up like directly over me and they, and they hit me, then it, then that's like a penalty. So, so you're probably getting hit while your head's still down and that's why you're going over to the ref saying what the heck <laughs> yeah no yeah i like that's dangerous yeah i there was one on on the game winning field goal against northwestern there's a picture of me and i have this guy like that was lined up right over me and he just ran right he, as soon as i sent the ball he just ran me over so like i kind of had to like like keep my head down like grab onto him <laughs> and pull him down with me oh wow but yeah but that kind of happened more than I wanted it to. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, were you able to have a sense going into like some of these games? Like, Oh man, uh, Northwestern, they're probably going to hit me more because it looks like on tape they do. Like, were there any tendencies um, like that? I mean, when, when I had chase young over me, that was kind of terrifying, but, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we like, we like broke everything down and like, we knew, like going into a game, they're gonna like have like certain guys to his side, and then, uh, like the coach that was in charge of it was Coach Alston, 
so he was the offensive line coach and um he would just say like chase like you're gonna have to like help out i think it was bando or sinkerman to my left so it's just like he was like you're gonna have to like help out over there just be cautious of the guy that's like gonna like 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 stun around or something so yeah like we we always knew what was gonna happen somewhat just based on the film but mm. it, it always changed like you would always come into a game then there'd be like some other guy over you so mm. yeah was that northwestern game winning kick i mean was that a highlight i imagine yeah i mean that was that was cool just because like i me like once once we knew we were going to be in that situation i knew that me and me isaac and lane were going to get the job done so like that was kind of cool like going into it i was like okay i know that we're going to get this win for everyone and like getting like pressure situations like that is what you look forward to as a long sniper because you like train for it and you might only get one and you might not get any but like when you finally get it you're like okay like i got it like i've been training for 10 years for this so i can i can get, get this job done um but yeah that was for sure cool because i don't know like we got iced three times and then going back and then it's like being able to tell like all the coaches like we got it like you guys don't need to be concerned like that was cool too <laughs> so that's really cool <laughs> i mean yeah. that might have been that might have been a highlight of the season if you think mm-hmm. thinking back i mean just the stakes and like the the backup of to the backup to the backup kicker and mm-hmm. um did you get in on that dog pile was it a dog pile i don't know it was everybody well, i had a i had to get three of northwestern's d linemen off of me before i could get over there <laughs> okay yeah so you were not the first yeah. one no i was not the first one but i was i was able to sprint down there and then get lane uh on my shoulders after the fact oh and awesome yeah so once once i got those guys off off of me i was able to do something at least <laughs> That's so cool because I I just I have actually thought about that many times watching those like nail biter end of game scenarios like I don't know Uh, that's cool to hear that you kind of feed off of that rather than freaking out because I've always thought of it in terms of like man it's it's like telling somebody not to think about the fact that they're breathing suddenly Mm. they're very cognizant of like okay my lungs are feeling like i could just see myself going into that situation and overthinking everything but like you said you've been training for it for over a decade at this point it's one of those things where it's like okay let's do this (laughs) Mm -hmm. no and it's like when when you commit to a place like this like you want to be in like a game like that where it comes down to you and all the guys that you like practice with so i don't know like big time punts where it's like the end of the game there's only like 30 seconds left and you know like they're going to come after it and there's no returner back there or kicks where you have to win the game for the team like that's that's cool just to like be a part of and like have people like you want people to trust you in those types of situations Mm -hmm. yeah that's great What uh, what was the transition, the coaching transition like? I mean, you've had a few. Bruce Reed, the guy who recruited you, was not mm-hmm. there. Riley's no. last year, and then yeah. uh, you had a whole new coaching staff altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, what what were those coaching transitions like for you? Um, I mean, anytime a new coach comes in, you gotta like prove yourself to them. So every single day in in practice, whenever a new coach is in there, like you just had to try your best with it with with everything and 
when uh, Frost guys came in, I kind of took it as like, okay, this is a new opportunity for me um, to impress these guys. So I just worked my my ass off the whole entire time and made sure that uh, I caught their attention because like when when you're at a place like 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 this and you have such better athletes at some points and everyone's the best guy coming from their hometown now they're here and they're all trying to compete for for a job like you got to compete and show it every day or else you're gonna fall fall down the depth chart um so yeah like with with coaching changes some would see it as like a negative but most guys on the team saw it as this day's got to show out and come to practice so they can get that spot and be ready to play on Saturday afternoons. Well, and it, and it did, it worked out for you because yeah. that first season you, you're, you're, I remember reading about it and hearing that it was your, your speed that made the difference. So mm-hmm. how do you, do you think the, the team is in good hands? I mean, are you confident in Frost and company moving forward? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like they, they, they're working out a good culture right now and they're um, getting everyone right. And this is, this is a process right now. Like it's not going to happen overnight. So like everyone has the right head on and they're trying to get, get the job done. So like I said, just like a process at that this point in time. And um, I mean, with, with work and they just keep going at it, like they should be all right. <laughs> so looking to the future, uh, so what's next for you? Um, so this past January and February, I was in Denver, uh, training some. So, uh, depending on what happens this week with the draft and everything, maybe something might happen. Maybe something might not, I don't know, but I, I gave that a shot. And then, um, I'm in grad school right now, uh, trying to get that done. And then, trying to find jobs too. So I don't know. <laughs> it's, also, it's like your career could go in a couple different directions. From yeah, exactly. Congratulations on earning your degree. What, what, what did you study? Uh, so I had my, my, my major was advertising and public relations. And then I had minors in uh, history and political science. Oh, a little bit yeah. of everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. Uh-huh. Uh, who, uh, what do you think is next for the long snapper position at Nebraska? Do you have a, is there an up and coming? So, so the guys that we currently have there um, are Cade. Cade's currently there. And then we got Damian Jackson. He's there right now. And then Cam Piper. Um, either, either three of those guys could win the job, honestly. And then um, with that new special teams coach, I don't know what type of guy he likes. So it just depends uh, sure. on like, like, you just got to learn what, what the coach likes and all that. And, figured out so i mean either those guys are capable of doing it um it just depends on what that new coach likes <laughs> yeah yeah i we i remember at the beginning of the season seeing damian jackson at like the third third string is he yeah. just like a massive dude <laughs> yeah he's he's big he's kind of like a scary guy like yeah if you know him if, if if you don't know him like how i do like he's kind of an intimidating dude but he's just a big teddy bear honestly he's fine oh really (laughs) you know we've talked about how you're the first one down on punts and Mm -hmm. and when i saw him on uh as a long snapper i i just was thinking imagine being a kick returner knowing that a guy who in theory was not touched 
coming down the field to hit you who like killed people for a living (laughs) (laughs) that's terrifying yeah it is scary um well gosh chase this has been so much fun uh talking to you it's been uh, a lot of fun following your your football career and we really hope that we get to follow your football career into the future here and if not we'll we'll also be excited to hear what comes next for you so thank you for your time and thanks for being a husker and thanks for talking to us yeah thank you guys so much for uh, giving me the opportunity to come and talk to you so it was it was a good time thank you go big red yep you are thanks again to mr urbach for joining us on the program what a cool experience yeah i i'm really excited to to follow this position more closely from here on out and you know whether we can build any sort of rapport with the the next starting long snapper or not like i'm just going to i'm just going to be following that position with interest for hopefully the remainder of my life yeah i mean it's it's certainly a a position that i don't know it's one of those things where like you don't know until you know and now that we know it's something to be mindful of while you're watching the game unfold well, he was really committed to that idea that you you should not know your long snapper's name <laughs> yeah. unless they mess up. But we're gonna break that rule. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna follow that position. Yeah. So uh, you know, best of luck to Chase in his future endeavors, and uh, yeah, hopefully he stays in touch. Mm-hmm. I guess also uh, before we we wind this thing down, it's worth talking about the draft that took place over the weekend. Mike, did you watch any of it? I never watched the draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me me neither. I was talking with some friends today, and you know maybe if we had the opportunity to have a bunch of guys taken in the first round, then maybe I'd be excited about it and care. But just with the recent history, I was not interested. Yeah, you just check check Twitter that day or that night, and you'll you'll get everything yeah. you need to know. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's going to be there'll be an article pre prepared already written by every news outlet we we follow anyway, and they're all going to post stuff as soon as it happens. So yeah, but it was. Congratulations to Khalil and Carlos Davis for getting drafted in the sixth and seventh rounds, respectively. Wait, they didn't come as a package? They didn't, no. It's the first time they're not going to be on the same team. Oh, you're never going to hear about the Davis twins again. Well, hopefully they play soon. Yeah, um, they'll play each other. So, I mean, that could be an interesting dynamic. Right. Uh, Khalil will be at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers joining that already like rich Husker, Husker-rich defense with Sue and Levante David. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't really have a NFL team, so I'm definitely going to be rooting for them this year. Oh, sure, if, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I've been rooting for Levante, David, and Sue for a long time. Oh, no, sure. They're together, and now with Brady, it's super interesting. I mean, like and Gronk, man, did you hear about that? Gronk, oh yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's exciting. And uh, Lamar Jackson also signed with the Jets, and Darian Daniels signed with the 49ers, both free agents. So. Um, good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they're gonna they're gonna work their butts off, and hopefully they'll get a spot and they can continue playing for years to come. If not, there's always the XFL. Wait, <sighs> I think someone's suing to try to like revive it or something. I don't think we didn't really talk about that on the podcast, did we? Well, you followed it pretty closely, so why don't you fill uh, me in? Well, just out of nowhere, they just said, "Yeah, we're we're done." <laughs> There hasn't been an official statement, though. So there there are conspiracy theorists that are saying, no, they're just going back down to a shoestring crew to keep things running 
behind the scenes so that, you know, maybe in the next couple of years they can try to bring this thing back. But I think that they actually did state that there will not be a season in 2021. So it's kind of a bummer, man, because I enjoyed it. I thought it was really well put together. They... They made no bones about them kind of being like the JV squad compared to the NFL, but um, I I just I appreciated the angle that they were taking with spring football. It was exciting. It was actual football being played really well. I was surprised at how often tempers flared on the field for a, for a uh, um, a league that was just starting. But it was like okay, at least it's exciting. Yeah, they're vested. <laughs> Yeah, it was a real shame. Yeah, I felt like what I had tangentially kind of followed, it seemed fun. It seemed like they were trying some new things, and the Huskers that were playing were having success, so that's always good. It was not the joke that the first iteration of the XFL was. Gotcha. They did it right this time, and it's sad to see it under these circumstances just fizzle so quickly, you know? so Is there going to be like a he-hate-me kind of thing that everybody remembers from this version? Um, I don't think that there was anything too remarkable that had happened yet, but hmm. no, no XFL memes were getting passed around yet. Gotcha. I guess with, uh, spring football or what would have been spring football behind us and the draft behind us. I mean, it's, it's full speed towards the fall mm-hmm. uh, on Friday. The, uh, chancellor here, Ronnie green said they hope they're planning to have in-person classes, which I think you have to have to have, football so Mm -hmm. you know that's on track for all intents and purposes um so let's uh let's get this corona thing whipped and let's start talking about our future opponents man oh is there light at the end of this tunnel is that what i'm hearing you say justin well i mean i'm being optimistic but yeah love it i'm ready the sun's shining got a woodpecker in our backyard signs of life all around us let's uh Let's do this. And you know what you should do, Mike? What? You should go to Central Nebraska Buffalo's website and check out their Mother's Day special. Oh, man. A pound of ground bison, a pound of bison skirt steak, and a package of teriyaki sticks. Yum. Mother's Day sale, awesome time to capitalize on the good deals offered every day by Central Nebraska Buffalo, but especially around this very important holiday. Yeah. That's uh, it's not one you want to miss. You don't want to mess up on Mother's Day. I, I'm reminded of a Spatula City commercial. Spatula City! Spatula City! Nothing says, I love you, like teriyaki sticks. Hmm. I mean, that's a way to, to my heart. I mean, you can't... Well, maybe you can take Mom out for lunch in the era of social distancing. But really, what you should do is you should just send her buffalo in the mail. There you go. All right, speaking of taking care of the women in your life, I'm getting a text from my wife that's dinner time. Oh, hey, I, I think that's a sure sign as ever that we should wrap this up. Yeah, so I guess with that, go Big Red. Go Big Red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska.